0: Coming up on this week's show, Pat Henshaw is here as part of the 2016 GRL Blog Tour, and Brandilyn from Prison Book Alliance gives us the lowdown on the UK meet.
1: Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode forty-nine of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com, and as always, I'm Will from WillCanals.com. As always, as always, I don't know if I should I be assuming that people know I'm always here. Well, <laughs> it's a safe assumption that you're always from WillCanals.com. Well,
0: well, yes. Because you're not going to change that any day soon. No, so No. Hey there. Is. How's it going?
1: It's fine. <laughs> Good week. Uh, pretty. Let me th- hmm. Let me think back. Yes, it so, was a, it was a good... weird week because it was a a four day work week at least for me, and that throws everything off. Yeah, a little the bit. holiday kind of yeah messes things up a little bit. But it fine for me. Mm-hmm. How was it for you? It was good. It was full of edits. It was Edits and paperwork? Yeah, definitely. You've been an editing monster.
0: Uh, More edits got wrapped up for Love's Opening Night, which continues towards its uh, publication later this year. Did paperwork for Somewhere on Mackinac, uh, trying to decide, give my best guidance of what I think that cover should be. And also started, yeah, I know, in some ways that is more
1: stressful to me than the blurb. (laughs) No, I think that, no, the blurb is way more stressful I yeah I think the blurb is I think it's more important and it's more difficult. i mean with with the cover you you kind of know what you want. You just have to see it first. It's like you know it when you see it. you know it when you see it, but the hard part, at least for me, I mean with the blurb, I know what the blurb is
0: technically supposed to be because I understand how you're supposed to craft them, and it's hard in a different way. Mm. This is a more creative thing about. How do I want the book to appear in this one visual snapshot moment? And how do I want to convey that to the artist? Well, I already told you
1: what I think. Yeah. You and I just
0: listen to me. And I put that in the form. <laughs> now, the form you're not helping with at all is for Codename Winger number one. That's all up to you. I have not <laughs> so, read this book. I don't
1: know what you want it to look like. So, so yeah. that's the other form I'm working on
0: this week uh, is is getting that ready to go over to the Harmony folks. Yeah. A lot of paperwork. And then I also made a paperback this week. Uh, Dancing for Him has been my email free, the free thing you get if you sign up to my email list mm-hmm. on jeffadamswrites.com. And it's a really good story. And I decided that it should be a paperback. There's no reason for it not to be the paperback. Um, I know a lot of my readers actually ask for paperbacks for various things. Mm-hmm. And so I made a paperback. Not quite out yet. This is my proof copy from Create Space. Um, Going through that, making the proofs, doing a couple adjustments on some stuff. Yeah, it'll be out. I suspect it'll be out by the end of the month on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all those places you can pick up paperbacks. I'll have them with me at GRL if you're at GRL. So you pick pick it up there if you want on the in the bookseller room. Cool. Yeah. So that, that was fun. I have to say this is my second Create Space adventure, and it was far less stressful than the first. I don't think I cussed once <laughs> <laughs> putting this together, although I did have a couple of fights with Microsoft Word, uh, getting some things to bottom oh, out on the, page right, on the pages. Oh, word. Read. I know, right? <laughs> silly, silly word. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming up this week, I'm going to be gone again. I feel like I'm traveling like every other week. You are traveling every <laughs> other week. For the next couple, for the, like, through October. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm headed back east on uh, Wednesday to do Cycle for the Cause. Uh, I'm happy to say uh, that I've got over $2,000 right now in my donation account, which is awesome. Thanks to everybody who's donated and to Tracy and Pat who donated this week uh, to, to the account. Uh, as a reminder, um, Cycle for the Cause benefits the HIV AIDS services offered at the LGBT Center in New York City. These are life-saving services that are available, uh, both from a prevention standpoint and to help people who have have the disease uh, be able to live their lives and get the help and assistance that they need. Uh, My seventh year to do this, if you're interested in donating, all donations are awesome, from the smallest to the absolute largest. Uh, If you donate $100 or more and you're in the United States, I will be happy to hook you up with signed hat-trick paperbacks for the entire trilogy. Uh, that's how important this is to me that I will happily donate those to you. If you donate over a hundred dollars, just, uh, there's a link in the show notes that'll take you to my donation page. Cause the link is way too difficult to say on air. Uh, you do that, send me an email or reach out to me via the show notes page and I'll hook you up with the paperbacks. There's another way that you can help the cause. Also, I wrote a story called bicycle built for two. That's available from dream spinner press. Every, all of my royalties to that go towards Cycle for the Cause. So for the, I think it's $3.99 retail for that story. So you pay about 4 bucks. Cycle for the Cause gets a little bit of money, and it's great. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, too. And for that one, I will take you directly to DreamSpinner Press, because if you buy directly from them, I will get the most amount of royalties. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's Cycle for the Cause. may do some Facebook Live while I'm back east um, on the ride, so you can get a little view of it. Uh, and encourage you maybe to donate a little more while we're out on the road. Um, so as you see what's happening, so you could look for that. Um, some of the ride right activities start on Thursday as everybody gets together in Boston before we ride out at the crack of dawn on Friday morning.
1: So there you go. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing next
0: week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, you can be a busy, busy fellow. Indeed, busy, busy fellow. So we like reviews, don't we? Hmm. Let me think. I would say we love reviews. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like a book, reviews help this podcast uh, get visibility on all of the podcast channels, whether it's iTunes or Google Play or iHeartRadio or anywhere else you can leave a review. So, if you're liking us, think about leaving a review wherever you happen to subscribe to us from, and that includes uh, the YouTube channel. By all means, you know, leave a review on an individual episode. Or give it the thumbs up because that'll help spread the word and, you know, make it do magical things through YouTube so more people see it. (laughs) Magical. It is magical. It's magic. You know, it's all about those
1: algorithms and stuff. Yep, sure is. So, yes, if you have a few extra moments and you happen to be on YouTube or at the podcast distribution channel of your choice, please consider leaving a thoughtful review. So, 60-day challenge. I'd call that kind of an epic fail
0: this week. If you're watching the video, you're seeing the faces he's making
1: right now. <laughs> it's I'm laughing. It's a laugh of shame. It's really... Yeah, we did pretty bad this week when, uh, yeah, the 60-day challenge has not gone according to plan, but that was only week
0: three, mm-hmm. so there are still... Math, math, math. Five weeks to go. Five weeks till GRO. So there's still time to, you know, charge forward. We'll reset on Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will will certainly be around good food during the ride because they feed those cyclists what they need to do their ride so they don't go off the rails completely um, in terms of nutrition. And then I'll try to be good the couple of days I'm in New York and... We'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, our next update to you guys, because we're recording three episodes back to back because of the travel This right now. We won't tell you how things are going until we're three more weeks down the line, which will be week six. So, yeah, we'll see how it's going in a few weeks. Um, we may have to take Elvis up on
1: his idea of uh, the inter- intermittent fasting. Is that what that was called? Yeah. It's probably something we should experiment and look into anyway. So yeah, once we get over the uh, proverbial hump of all of our travels and GRO, we will most definitely be looking into intermittent fasting and see how that might work in our daily routine. Yes, absolutely.
0: So I read, I I caught up on a book this week that's one that you've read already, Mm -hmm. uh, which is MJ O'Shea's Marriage of Inconvenience. I so loved this book. I mean, you, you talked about it a few episodes back mm-hmm. and loved it as well, but uh, Jericho and uh, Carrie are so cute as their romance kind of goes from being kind of a, almost an employer-employee sort of relationship because Carrie works at a PR office where they're trying to get uh, bad boy actor Jericho out of a, out of a, out of a situation. And makes them set up as boyfriends and fiancés at least, you know, fake for the summer. So that Jericho can go off and be on his brand new TV show. Uh, But of course that blooms into love. And and watching these two, watching Jericho's walls break down and watching Carrie get all squishy was just a delight. MJ did it again. And I can't wait to read Open Road, which I know you're
1: working on right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time now for the GRL guest author spotlight.
0: We're happy to welcome Pat Hinshaw to the podcast as part of the official 2016 GRL blog tour. A former book reviewer, Pat grew up in the middle of the United States and subsequently lived on all three coasts. At various times, she's been a librarian, an English composition instructor, and a theatrical costumer. She's also traveled around Europe, Central America, and Asia. The latest in her Foothill Pride series, Relative Best, came out on August 17th. Thanks for being with us, Pat.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
0: It is great to have you here. We see, for those who are on the video feed, they'll actually see that you're in Foothills Pride t-shirt.
2: Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And this is how you can uh, find me at GRL. Everybody. This is my GRL dress.
0: It's a GRL <laughs> uniform. Yeah. <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: So introduce your Foothills Pride series for our listeners who may not be familiar with it.
2: Well, the Foothills Pride series uh, takes place in this small Foothills uh, the Sierra Nevada foothills uh town that I made up called stoneacre and it's um in two thousand the life in the Bay Area turned bad <laughs> and very expensive and so a lot of the Bay Area people moved out and they moved to Sacramento, which was not much better, and then they moved to the foothills and that's where my entire story takes place. It's a small town that was very traditional, uh, very conservative, very historic. And so suddenly you have this whole new influx of people coming, gay men, lesbians, all sorts of people that aren't traditionally in this kind of community, and they're shaking the community up. And that's what the stories are all about.
0: And you've just packaged the first four into a paperback, too.
2: Can I show it again?
0: Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I just
2: just got them this afternoon, and it's so exciting. Now, see, you're going to be running this later, so I will have had them for a few weeks, and maybe the new book smell will have. (laughs) <laughs> gone off, but you know, <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen.
1: Um, now, the first one, what's in a name? I have. I should mention I have read the first and second of the novella series, and I and I love oh. them a lot. They're really good. Um, that first book, what um, you just gave us a little bit of the backstory that may have served as sort of the inspiration for the series. What, uh, where did the, the idea? Uh, for that first book come from? What was the uh, impetus to start putting pen to paper for this series?
2: Well, I was uh, a reviewer, and I've been a reviewer for too many years to uh, mention. Mm. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Meaning, I've been a reviewer longer than most of the listeners have been alive. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Including you guys. <laughs> so... um I've been wanting to be an author. It's funny when you're a writer, and I've I've had my byline for years, and uh, decades, and nobody considers me a real writer, and including sort of myself. And so I've always wanted to be an author. Well, I like Dream Spinner. I love Dream Spinner books. So I decided that I was going to write for Dream Spinner. So I, been looking at their, you know, calls for submissions and trying to figure out, you know, where do I fit in? Well, there was a call for submission for a contemporary novella that had to do, or actually it was a short story, that had to do with a fairy tale being brought into contemporary life. So I said, oh, I had it. It it just popped into my head, skin. what a fun thing to do, so I wrote this great thing and it was wonderful, and then I went back to the call for submission and found out that I was not only a month late,
1: oh, but oh, no. I was
2: 10,000 words over <laughs> <laughs> what they wanted. So I went crying into my husband, saying, now I've really blown it, you know. This is my big chance to be a star. And, you know, it's sort of like the theater thing, you know. I'm the understudy, and I came and I tripped on stage. (laughs) Anyway, so he said to me, well, why can't you just send it in? And I sort of went, I don't know. He said, go ahead, just send it in. What can they say? I mean, they say yes, that's great. They say no. Hey, you haven't lost anything, right? So I did, and there it is. There's the book. So uh, I don't know where the idea came from, but I'm certainly glad it hit me. I once uh, interviewed Arlo Guthrie, and Arlo Guthrie said, that there are songs all around us all the time and all he did was pick a song from all these songs that are going around and he recorded it. And he said that's why you get a lot of songs that sound exactly the same and are on the same subject. It's because songwriters hear them. And I figure novelists and writers are the same way. Mm -hmm. That they're are these stories that are around us and we just pick them up. It's like we have the antenna or the, you know, whatever to find them. So, Mm -hmm. I noticed Lex Chase does a whole thing on fairy tales, too. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
2: You know, and at the same time that I must have been writing what's in a name, she was writing the first of hers.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
2: I kind of think, Arlo was kind of right. <laughs> yeah,
0: fairy tales were in the air right then. And yeah,
2: right then. And <laughs> she and I both picked them out of the sky, and there it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they seem popular overall, because, I mean, you've got, you know, What's Upon a Time on, on TV right now, too, that brings the fairy tales
2: exactly into
0: primetime television, too.
2: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: I don't so, know. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening in the new book with Relative Best?
2: Um, With Relative Best, Um, once I got this town sort of solidified in my head, I started putting different buildings all over town, and Relative Best has to do uh, with the hotel and the person in the hotel and the guy who runs it and whose family has run it forever. And so what you're finding out beside his story and his happily ever after is you're finding out what this hotel used to be, what it has a history of. And one of the things that it has a history of is all the strays, people who are in trouble, people who need an asylum, people who need someplace to put its arms around them and say, you'll be safe here. Don't worry. This is that hotel. And so it's, it's all about family. Everything I write is about family. (laughs) Really, you know, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so that's what it's about.
0: And you mentioned as we started recording that you've got 12 books planned for this series. Yes, I do. Uh, So you want to give any sneak peeks of what the future holds?
2: Um, I just sold uh, the next one to Dream Spinner. It takes place at Christmas. It's about two short men and um, how they sort of struggle in the world. I noticed that shorter men, it's amazing. They they have to have this kind of um, real belief in themselves that most men don't have to have to really get along in the world well. And this is about two of those guys getting together. And uh, both of whom thought they were going to be with a tall, dark, and handsome, and turn out with a short, dark, and handsome instead. So it's called uh, Short Order. It's coming out in December or January. And I'm working on the one after that right now uh, that's called Sear. and it's about a guy who's going to start a new steakhouse where Tommy's steakhouse was. I can't tell you more because then I tell you why Tommy's steakhouse closed.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give anybody spoilers. We wanted to pick up the books. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> anyway, but Tommy's, Tom, unfortunately, Tommy isn't quite the. Entrepreneur and um, steakhouse owner that he thinks he is, <laughs> <laughs> and so his his place has to close. And a new guy comes in who's sort of like Pendulette. Okay, you know Gillette is. Yeah, interesting. Yes. Anyway, he he has he has an idea that what Stone Acres needs is a casa bonita. So,
0: sometime in 2017, we'll get to find out what that's about.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So, that's on the books. Let's see. Um, what else is happening? Oh, I have an audio book in the works.
0: That's exciting. So
2: what's in the name? What's in a name is going to be an audio. So, I just had the uh, audio um, auditions, I
0: guess.
2: Yeah. And are your books in? Audio?
0: I've got one that's an audio.
2: Okay, so you know what the, the drill is. Yeah. You get to hear some other people's ideas of what your book is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you listen to some of these and go, what book are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly isn't mine. But anyway, so I just went through that and picked a, a narrator, and I really like him. So it's... That's supposed to be out in October, so I'm hoping it's in time for GRL because that would be kind of fun.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, in in which case, I will bring something and keep playing your excerpts for people. <laughs> you know. Listen to this, listen to this. <laughs> um, let's see, I told you about short order. I made myself a list of uh, a cheat sheet here. Oh, oops. Short order isn't the next one, sorry. Oh yeah, no, it is. <laughs> I get confused. What can I say? I just submitted the right sort, um, which is the story of the hardware store owner who's your mild mannered, just the nicest guy. This is the old nice guys finish last. Only they don't in this case, you know. Um, but he's he's just a wonderful guy, just the kind of guy, anytime anything goes wrong with your house, you want to call up and say, hey Frank, come over here, the water isn't coming out right. I don't know, there are three lights that don't go on in my house, you know, anything like that. Remember, it's a small town, so at the hardware store, he takes care of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, there isn't an electrician or any of those. It's too small, you know. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the small town where my son-in-law grew up. (laughs) And he is now moving back there. So (laughs) that should be interesting this year, too. Um, And then I told you about Seared. Yeah, and that's the next one that comes in.
0: Do you work on Foothills Pride pretty much exclusively for now?
2: Um, no, not, not really, because I also have a Christmas story that's going in the Christmas anthology. Oh, that's exciting. Thing. Yeah. And it's about, uh, it's called The Orpheum Miracle. And it's about a guy who lives in an old, uh, used to be a vaudeville theater that's turned into a movie theater. And, um, and he lives there. Basically, he's homeless and he works there and he lives there he doesn't think anybody knows he lives there so uh, awesome. i'm kind of happy about it
1: yeah <laughs> something else to look forward to
0: yeah absolutely cool. so, so what are you looking forward to in kansas city this year
2: well this is my first gRL
0: oh that's exciting uh, so,
2: okay. I what i'm looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> um i i can tell you the only thing i know that i'm looking forward to is I want to go see uh, B.G. Thomas's Ben's uh, Coffee Shop mm-hmm. because I, when I was reviewing, I remember reviewing um, Hound Dog and Bean and you know, just falling in love with this place. And now I'm going to be at Ground Zero, and if I don't see it, I will shoot myself. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a field trip to go to the coffee house.
2: (laughs) Well, my daughter's going to be with me, my younger daughter. Um, She is is my uh, convention daughter, and she's been to RT with me before. And so we have a lot of fun. Um, We don't make it to a lot of the events that the convention people put together because... (laughs) We're doing things like going off to the coffee shop you know, and stuff like that, wherever we are, you know. And so we're really looking forward to having a lot of fun. She has the same t-shirt I have, only hers is black.
0: Okay, so they'll be able to find her and you. <laughs>
2: and you, yes, the two of us.
0: <laughs> so what's the best way for everyone to keep up with you online?
2: Um, the best way is I'm on and off Facebook, and I have my um, my email address all over. And those are the two best ways.
0: Excellent. We'll, we'll link up to those in our show notes along with all your books okay. so that people can go out and get those. And we look very forward to seeing you in Kansas City in a few months. Oh,
2: yeah. Actually, okay. now it's
0: more like a few weeks.
1: <laughs> I know. You can follow the GRL blog tour by going to gayromlit.com slash 2016 blog tour. So as you
0: know, if you've been listening along for the last few weeks, uh, we have teamed up with the authors that we're hosting on the GRL blog tour for the giveaway of a 7-inch fire tablet that's loaded with books from our guests, as well as books from my catalog and books from Wild City Press and the authors that they have that are attending GRL. So right now there's like over 80 books waiting to get loaded into this Kindle, so it's, it's huge. You can see the rafflecopter on episode 49's show notes to enter, And this big GRL blog tour giveaway runs through Sunday, October 23rd, which is the closing day of GRL. Uh, And you need a word for the week to get your bonus entries. And for Cycle for the Cause, this week's word is Cycle. C-Y-C-L-E. Good to know. A very good
1: word and a really great prize i know it just keeps growing authors keep sending books i just keep throwing them in this folder it's really amazing it's it's really good so be sure to check out the show notes for this week's episode and enter that raffle copter especially uh use the word cycle c-y-c-l-e i have to think about it for a second (laughs) Use, use the word cycle to get your bonus entries it's well worth it yeah um Moving on, I wanted to talk really briefly about a movie I saw this week. Um, It's called Boy Meets Girl, and it's from 2014. And it is about a trans girl named Ricky. She's living in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And she dreams of going to uh, fashion school in New York City. And in between slinging lattes at the local coffee shop, she meets... uh, postmodern debutante named francesca and she starts a a little fling with this girl who is waiting for her marine boyfriend to return home from afghanistan meanwhile ricky's uh best friend robbie is standing by looking at all of this and he has to sort of re-examine his you know his feelings uh about ricky and the whole situation um I really, really recommend this movie. That was sort of a half-assed lame description. (laughs) Um, The movie itself is actually really charming, really heartfelt. The three main leads are absolutely excellent. Um, I really, uh, I I can't recommend it enough. I really enjoyed it. Uh, So uh, Boy Meets Girl. Um, I personally watched this one. Uh, It's streaming on Netflix right now. You can also most likely rent it. At all the normal places like uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu, probably a whole bunch of other places. iTunes, etc. Yeah, those sorts of places. So, yeah, Boy Meets Girl, I recommend it. Check it out. Cool.
0: Now, we've caught up on a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. We've we've completed binge-watching a couple of uh, series from last year, and we also completed a summer show. What we just completed this week uh, was Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. AJ Truman, Wow. Thank you for even more emphasizing that we should watch that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I what a
1: hoot! <laughs> I honestly believe I think this is literally the funniest show on television right now. It is so hilarious and so outrageous and um, so uh, also very heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed this season. Uh, the new season is starting up really soon. Super duper. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I thought... I mean, you're right. I For a long time, I have
0: thought that Big Bang was the funniest thing around. Um, and for a while, too, Real O'Neals I thought, had a really outrageously funny first season on ABC. But this show consistently, laugh out loud, funny. It's outrageous scenarios, but... Not so outrageous that you don't think that maybe it could happen with some crazy ex-girlfriend. Um, and the songs are all epically awesome. Um, and there's riffs on Les Mis and on Gypsy and on classic 80s rock tunes. And, just, and Disney songs. It's outrageous. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see where it comes back. Because it left off with a pretty decent cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, I like how they, they mess with the titles, too, of the show. There was at least two episodes where the credits didn't fall where you think they
1: should. And then they show up in a, in a new and unique way. Yeah. So, uh, definitely keep an eye out for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, check your local listings. Uh, and if you haven't given it a try already, uh, Please do catch up online binge it on Netflix. Yeah, I don't think you'll be disappointed. It's only 18 episodes, so you've got time cuz this is a mid-October show. Yeah, when okay. it comes back on the CW. Yeah. Also recently, we finally, it took forever, uh mostly it, I I concede it was mostly my fault. I was a little trepidatious going into the second half of Empire's second season. Uh it sat on our DVR for literally forever. Uh you finally made me sit down and watch I it. I finally said I'm starting Empire on X date with you or without you because I needed I wanted it done before season 3 started. Needless to say we have finally finished season 2 of Empire and I loved it. I did too. I liked the second the
0: back half better. They cleaned up some of the mess that if there was an Entertainment Weekly article that ran recently uh, when uh, Taraji P Henta was on the cover mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, where they addressed that the, the some of the stuff that they screwed up in season two, and by the end of the season they finished it. I can't wait for the show to come back because there's a heck of a cliffhanger with Boo Boo Kitty and and uh, Rhonda
1: cat fighting on a balcony. On a <laughs> um, I think I think. I think some of the criticism leveled at the show um, is a bit harsh. Yes. I mean, granted, there were a lot of storylines and a lot of um, guest stars in the front half of the season that never technically went anywhere. It doesn't mean that they weren't enjoyable. I enjoyed them, um, but I think they kind of, you know... uh, What's what's I think the it, what's sailing it, term of writing to me your it, course? It, it, it,
0: to me, it diluted their story a little bit. As um, did a little bit. As as did the splitting of of empire and lion dynasty, because then you had the family split into two camps in two different areas, kind of doing two different things for a while. Mm. But I think you know they get their way out of it too because they use that that fast. That fast plot that has become so popular with the Shonda Rhimes shows,
1: Um, where you could be there and gone, and like that's over in, like, 30 seconds. Needless to say, um, the first season was uh, excellent and groundbreaking. I still think season two was really, really Mm -hmm. excellent. Um, if you haven't checked out Empire, uh, I really think you should, especially if you like old school soap operas. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes old school soap tropes and kind of um, gives them a new millennium twists. Uh, and plus, a t- Taraji, Taraji P. Henson. Taraji. It's so, okay, this is what was so hilarious. There was a, there's a character uh, in Crazy Ex Girlfriend. <laughs> um greg greg and heather they were having a moment together and greg wanted to do something with her and he's like oh i'm sorry no uh thursday night is when you uh ironically watch empire with your friends and she's like no i don't do it anymore taraji's my everything <laughs> 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 um which is a hundred percent true um give it a shot if you haven't it already. It's really, really amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is. And then we also finished up what we've been watching all summer, which was Dead of Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, those last two episodes freaked me out. Oh my God. The The turn in that, and we won't go too far into it, but the turn that happened in those last two, maybe three episodes just really didn't see it coming. And part of it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I will, I'll just put that out there. Uh, but I thought it was... Uh, they wrapped up their first season, I think, pretty smartly. Yes. Most definitely. And somehow they're coming back for a season two that I don't really quite know how that will work.
1: But, you um, know, Friday yes. the
0: 13th always managed to re-
1: regenerate itself. So um, Yeah. It's, it'll be very, very interesting to see what they do for season two. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Said we have to wait a whole, a whole year to get there. <laughs> yeah. So
0: I have to have another sci-fi moment. Uh, this past week, Star Trek turned 50 on... Thursday the 8th mm-hmm. and we had our little Star Trek moment watching City on the Edge of Forever which somehow Will had never seen. I blame myself for that. Uh, <laughs> never seen that classic episode. This coming Tuesday is another sci-fi day because September 13th in the Lexicon of Sci-Fi is Breakaway Day or the day the Earth blows out of the moon blows out of Earth's orbit on Space 1999 which as a kid growing up was my second favorite sci-fi show behind Star Trek. Space 1999 uh, starred Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, and in the second season, Catherine Schell. Uh, and is about these folks who are on a moon base, and the moon got blown out of the Earth's orbit due to, like, a huge nuclear explosion. First season was very cerebral, very science Second season went very lost in space with the you know, monster of the week and... I love season two. <laughs> and, uh, Catherine shell played a metamorph who could just turn into any old, uh, organic creature she wanted to. So that brought some camp to it. I love Catherine Schell; She was awesome. I love both seasons. I don't have a, a, a grudge against either season. I know it's very polarizing for some people. Uh, this was a 1974 through 76 ish show, depending on where you were in syndication. I love it. I'll be having a little space, 1999 moment. this coming Tuesday. Um, it's available on, I believe it's on Prime, to stream if you've never seen it. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. So one show that we're not talking about this season is Dancing with the Stars. Um, in a season Coming off of a season where they had now DeMarco doing some amazing work and rightfully winning the Mirrorball Trophy, uh, they've decided to cast Ryan Lotke, who was an embarrassment in Rio, quite frankly, regardless of his metal count, and uh, pretty much homophobe uh, te- Texas Governor Rick Perry. And I'm just not going to join that show this year. Uh, regardless of the fact that I wouldn't mind seeing um, Mary Lou Henner. And, oh, who's the other sitcom? Marine McCormick. Marine McCormick. I knew it was a Brady Bunch, but it wasn't Florence Henderson because she'd already been there once. Yeah. Um, despite that and Derek Huff's return, I, I can't support a show that goes down that route. So they'll be dancing with the Stars reports
1: this season because we just say no. Yeah. Not, not, not going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, on a lighter Note. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, this past weekend um, was the UK Meet, uh, which is essentially the largest meetup for gay romance readers and writers in the uh, United Kingdom. Yes.
0: That is true,
1: <laughs> and uh, yes, Brandilyn—that is true, that sir. is true. <laughs> uh,
0: Brandolyn Carpenter, who runs Prism Book Alliance, who is an often contributor to our show, was actually there because she was sponsoring uh, with Prism the UK meet. So we caught up with her just a couple of days ago when she got home to find out the the details on that. So we're happy to welcome Brandilyn from the Prism Book Alliance back to the podcast. She is fresh back from the UK meet. Welcome back, Brandilyn.
3: <laughs> Fresh. That's funny. <laughs> jet lag and no caffeine.
0: No yes. caffeine? Oh, my goodness.
3: I don't do ca- That's why jet lag hit me so hard. I don't do caffeine.
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
3: <laughs> I know, I'm weird.
0: It's good for you overall, though.
3: Yes, it is. Um, so, UK meet.
0: Yeah, tell uh, us all about it.
3: Well, it was a lot of fun. It was my first time to London. Or actually, to the UK, it was my first time to meet most of the people I met. Even though I've worked with them for years, um, it's a lot. It's a lot more laid back than GRL. It's it's very British. <laughs> um, it's it, yeah. It was. I mean, I've been to GRL what a couple of times. I've been to RT. I've been to Rainbow Con. Um but yeah it was it was I mean it was alike in some ways and it was different and I was the one with the accent there of course to me they all had accents but uh I think there were there were a handful of us from America um and also Prism was a sponsor so I got to sit at a, a table and uh you know any sponsor tables. So that was kind of cool. Um, I was the only sponsor not selling something, but Hey, um, I was sitting between, uh, Lord, LA Witt and Hans Hershey. And so they were a lot of fun to talk to. Um, I might have sold a couple of copies of hat trick, uh, <laughs> while I was there. Um, uh, and of course I'm totally good
0: with that. I need to put you on a commission program cause you're really good about pushing that book. <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I had the stuff that I also pushed the podcast Um, when I was sitting there and people would come up, I would, I would, I would always give them a a bookmark and tell them about the podcast. So hopefully you'll get a couple more uh, listeners from that readers watch, whatever (laughs) jet lag.
0: You covered, I think you covered us on both watchers, listeners, and readers across the stuff that we had on your table.
3: Pretty much. Um, So. Uh, but back to you, k um, I was lucky enough to uh, moderate a panel um, with TJ Masters, JT Cheyenne, and Becky Black where we talked about setting, or they talked about setting, um, and how important uh, setting is to your book and the dis- different aspects. It's not just where your your book is placed, but also when, how they talk, Et cetera, et cetera, Um, and the panelists did a fabulous job. The uh, audience had some great questions for them. And they even asked me a couple, which was weird, but that's okay. Um, we all, there were also some great panels on self publishing on, uh, different genres and, um, how to classify your book in different genres. We actually followed a panel on cover art, what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. because, um, There were a couple of great cover artists there. Uh, Well, uh, Garrett Lee, who does covers as well as writing. Um, Also, um, Kelly Dennis from, I believe she's book covers by design. And I'm trying to remember the third person on that panel. I can't remember. Um, I actually did not attend um, the first of the two keynote speeches. Um, but the second one was uh, talked about trans- transgender issues, which is very, very timely. And it was it was an excellent, uh, excellent talk.
0: Um, I don't know what else you want to know. You came away with a nice teapot too.
3: I did. It lives on my Harry Potter shelf now. Um, Saturday night uh, at UK meet, they always do a formal dinner that they call the gala dinner. And, um, it's a three course meal with entertainment and all that stuff. And they have assigned seats and it's a lot of fun. I, I was sitting uh, with, I was sitting next to Anna Martin and, uh, Kelly Dennis and Nicole Colville were also at my table and a few other people, um, whose names are escaping right now, Ruby Moon and, um. Anyway, a few others. And um, they had fun making fun of the American. (laughs) And at the end of the night, Claire London had done the centerpieces. And she said, I don't want to take these 11 teapots home. So someone from each table gets to take a teapot home. And, of course, I said, not it, because I didn't want to take it back in my luggage. And they all went, the American gets to take it. (laughs) And so I made them all sign it. And then, so, um, if you follow me on Facebook, you got to see the adventures of the teapot. Uh, until I got to IAH and my luggage was lost, and then I kind of, the teapot took a back seat to figuring out where my luggage was, and it took an extended vacation in Amsterdam. But I have it, so it's all good. Um, yeah, don't fly KLM from Heathrow
0: to Houston.
3: <laughs> the, um, the connection's too short. I made it, my luggage did not. Oops. So, it's all there. Most of it, it mostly came through unscathed. Um, and then now that UK meets over everything I've been saying, wait till UK meets over, wait till UK meets over. Like, you know, GRL, yep, yep. Uh, is now on my mind. So now yep. I've got to figure out what that's going on. What's going on with that.
0: Before we hop to GRL, would you recommend that for, for folks in the U S who can get to London to do UK meet that they think about it for the next one in 2018? Absolutely.
3: Um, It's, yeah. Yeah, they're not doing it next year, uh, which you just said, uh, but I'm definitely going to try and go back in 2018. And one of the things that I really loved about it was we had people from all over the world. We had Australians, we had Germans, Netherlands, um, South Africans. I'm trying to remember who else. We had all kinds, a lot more different nationalities than. I mean, we get some authors from other places at GRL, but this was really, it was was fairly international. And it was fun trying to figure out where people were from based on accents. <laughs> we Scottish, I mean, we, we, we had all the UK. I mean, obviously, UK was the predominant one, but <clears throat> it was, I, it's a de- very different experience. Mm-hmm. And for me, being my first time in England, or actually outside the United States. It was just a really awesome experience. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully going back in 2018. Um, kind of sad it's not going to be next year, but those ladies and, and one gent works so hard on that. I mean, they, it runs really well and they just work so hard on it. They deserve a year off.
1: Definitely. So. Yeah. Now the other Bigger events in our genre are, of course, RT, which is nearly like, a, it's essentially a week-long event. And then we have GRL, which is like an extended weekend. How, how many days does the UK meet run? Is it the, the weekend?
3: It's just the weekend. Um, you can check in on Friday, mm-hmm. and they have some stuff Friday evening. It's mainly just a mixer yeah. and people hanging out at the hotel Friday. And then it kicks off first thing Saturday morning. And then it runs till about three or four in the afternoon on sunday okay um so it is it is just the weekend like I went <clears throat> I was in the u k for eight days but only two and a half of that were UK meet
1: okay so, and would you is the u k meet would you like classify it more as like reader focused
3: um i I think it's the panels this year were probably a 70-30 split between readers and um, authors. Okay. But the people who were there was were definitely um, – it was definitely at least 50% readers, probably a little bit more. I honestly think that there was a better percentage of readers there than um, – <clears throat> at um at g r l so um and it's a, it's a small con they they cap out at one hundred and fifty people uh-huh. Uh-huh. so it's and it's a i mean it's a lot of just talking and stuff like that i mean to each other and getting to know people and getting to you know what you know what other people reading and writing and there were some authors there i had never heard of and that was really awesome because there's um there were a couple of of uh authors there that i'm really interested in, in getting over to prism because they write stuff that we don't normally review or, or and stuff like that so um that was really cool so hopefully you'll be seeing some uh some newer stuff um also, the there was a lot more, um, I won't say focus, but attention to um, fiction outside of gay romance. Um, Ulva, um, one of the top three lesbian um, fiction uh, publishers was there. Bold Strokes was also there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're... Two of the biggest lesbian fiction and uh, uh, publishers out there, and so it was. It's nice to see that because GRL tends to be just the the gay romance crowd, whereas this there was um, there was one guy who wrote gay, uh, LGBT comics, um, so it wasn't just the gay romance. It was very much GLBT fiction, and it was very inclusive, and it was very I mean, it was just, it was, it was really great to see. And it, everyone was, was just, it was
0: awesome. Cool. I, I loved it. We may have to go for 2018.
1: Finally leave the country. <laughs> yeah. Go, go over the Atlantic. We just might you have do. to you need bite to go, the bullet. You yeah. Yeah,
3: Just don't fly KLM from <laughs> <Heathford>, Houston. <laughs> Other than that, KLM was great. It was just Good. the okay. one flight from Amsterdam to Houston was too close to the First slide in from Heathrow, so you know there's that. But uh, no, you guys definitely should should check it out in 2018.
0: So jumping forward a few weeks, we're about five weeks out from GRL. What are you looking forward to in Kansas City?
3: Being in my own time zone. Um, No, actually, the the thing that with GRL that's gonna I think gonna be the most intriguing for me is that they're doing the I forget what they're calling it but basically the author lounge rather than having the swag room this year they're doing the author lounge and the bloggers will be in there as well um the the featured blogger and so that'll be interesting because it'll it'll give us more of a chance to interact with the readers i think um because in the past i mean gRL has been fun and stuff but a lot of times the readers say that they just don't get enough time with the authors. Don't get enough FaceTime with the authors because when they do see them, they're in panels. And this, I think, I think that's going to be the most interesting thing this year is, is how that goes. Cause I've been to RT where they do something very, very similar. And it's a lot of fun cause you get to just sit down and, and talk with the author. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's not as formal as, as like the signings and stuff. And I mean, so depending on how they do that, I think that'll be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. So, so, and again, in my own time, zone, so no jet lag, and I get to drive because I'm only ten hours away, so I don't have to worry about planes. So that's good.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking some time out to talk to us about UK media. We look forward to seeing you in just a few weeks in Kansas City.
3: Yes. I need my I need my Jeff and Will hugs.
1: So you will certainly get them.
3: <laughs> I'll see you then.
1: Once again. Thank you to Brandilyn for taking a few moments to stop by the podcast and fill us in on all the cool deets of the UK <laughs> Yeah, And also good to
0: hear what she's looking forward to at GRL as well. Yes, most definitely. So that'll do it for this week. Coming up in episode 50, uh, J.R. Barton is here as part of the 2016 GRL blog tour. And Lisa from The Novel Approach will be here with some book recommendations and we'll have a GRNW preview. Cool. Yeah, good stuff. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. New episodes are available every Monday at iTunes and other major podcast outlets. While there, subscribe to the show and please consider leaving a review. For detailed show notes, links, and to sign up for the monthly newsletter, visit biggayfictionpodcast.com.